I'm Clyde Lewis. You're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Ground Zero. The number is to call tonight, 503-225-0860. That's 503-225-0860. It's been a while since we've discussed the, I guess you could call it the environment above us. Special news about Mars today when Perseverance landed. Very exciting to see that happen. Uh, There's going to be a helicopter flying around Mars soon, giving the traffic reports. Actually, there is going to be a helicopter not giving the traffic reports, unless, of course, we just all of a sudden see a bunch of aliens down there going, you know, in in their drive to work every day. But I doubt that's going to happen, at least not yet. Uh, I don't think that uh, we're going to, I mean, what were they saying? That it's going to be a while before we find out any information about whether or not ancient life has been on Mars. I think I heard the guy say something like 2030 before all the samples are collected. And we, that's a long ways away, I think. I mean, especially for, you know, someone like me who's getting up, up there in age. I mean, I'm not that old, but I mean, I'm going to be, what, 57 Monday on the 22nd? So, I mean, it's like, once again, my my ambitions of seeing man on Mars or man on the moon again are going to be, you know, dashed because, you know, I'm getting so old. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to be old enough to tell. Or care by the time they decide to do, you know, anything with space. But, you know, it all depends. It all depends on attitude. It all depends on who has the money. It all depends on whether or not, you know, people are interested or they're going to continue to be, you know, wrapped up in political nonsense. Um, you know, and I'm realizing, too, I mean, last night we had, uh, we found out we had a YouTube that was shut down because they said we did something or said something that was violating their uh, practices or whatever it is, their terms of service. And I'm thinking... You know, any more just speaking about, speculating about opening your mind to anything. I mean, it's becoming harder to report information because of censorship and the concerted effort by the cancel culture to shut down information that they feel is uncomfortable. I mean, many of those in this cancel culture crowd believe that they are the masters of reality and the gatekeepers of accountability. What they are is the bane of all creativity, humor, and art. You can't be creative in the cancel culture. You can't uh, have a sense of humor in the cancel culture. I mean, just talk to any comedian that wants to try and do a show in a college. They just can't do it. They're all turning into uh, political ranters, you know, and it's like they're forced to be that way because that's all people want to hear about anymore. It's politics. It's, It's sad, but true. But, you know, you look at the cancel culture and you say to yourself, well, you know, what's the point? It's just basically stifling anyone who wants to try and open their minds to things or talk about things. Yeah, I get it. Okay, you don't want hate in the world. We don't want hate in the world. We don't want to hear people, you know, saying horrible things about race. We don't see horrible things about women or culture or gay or whatever. I know that. But you know what? If people have that kind of speech, at least we know who they are. We don't have to guess, okay? Cancel culture has us all guessing. Cancel culture has us all, you know, destroying people's lives because of mistakes they've made. And there's no forgiveness in the cancel culture at all. There are modern versions. I look at them and I I say, you know, you guys are modern versions of the book burners of Nazi Germany. Or you're the fireman from Fahrenheit 451. You know, the cancel culture seems to have no tolerance 
for differing views and why they see themselves as socially righteous. They are just a dangerous subculture that doesn't contribute to anything of value to the culture at large. They have declared war on other subcultures, even though they claim that their goal is to stamp out lies and fascism. They are simply intolerant of other subcultures, plain and simple. No one needs to condone racism. No one needs to condone hate. But no one should tolerate those who wish to declare war on what they determine to be misinformation. It may be a great idea that's going to be stifled because someone decides it has to be canceled. And, and I, I just look at it and I say, well, this activity just breeds. It, it, it just... It, it, it feeds upon itself. It breeds more subcultures within the culture itself, more people rebelling, more people standing up, more people saying no more. You know, whenever, whenever there are uh, constraints on personal expression spaces from either the real or the virtual or whatever, when these constraints are nullified and subcultures develop within these spaces, this is where we see a lot of strangeness come about. In order for information to remain unbiased and representative of all people. These subcultures have to be reached, and their opinions have to be taken into account. Even if there are opinions that you don't agree with, they have to be taken into account. But due to the conflicting nature of opinions between the subcultures and their larger societies, a lot of people don't feel safe enough or secure enough to be able to express their true opinions or identities. That's why on my program, I've tried to say, okay, yeah, You've had an experience. I want to hear that experience. And you're going to come to this place and you're going to, your experience is going to be heard. And hopefully there won't be, you know, these judgmental attitudes that are now being bred in the subculture of, of, of you know, cancel culture. They want to call themselves the accountability culture. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. But a lot of online communities, they allow subcultures to express themselves without fear of judgment or rebuttal. You know, back when the internet was fun, I found my niche in the fringe. I decided I wanted to be part of the. I wanted to talk about the things that the fringe subculture talks about because the fringe subculture is cool. They're always thinking ahead. They're always talking about things before they happen. They're always saying, this is going to go down, guys. Pay attention to this over here. Prepare for that there. That's where I believe people feel very comfortable in knowing that, hey, I have this idea. I have this, I have this comment. may not be popular, but I want to share it anyway. People are free to think outside the box. They are free to play in the margins of reality, at least here on this show. I mean, there's no doubt that what we call the fringe subculture has been nurtured by late-night radio shows like mine and Art Bell, George Norrie. And it's been, of course, <laughs> you know, built upon. It was built upon, I mean, what, started what, in the 80s and 90s? I mean, the 90s and the internet... I mean, radio talk show hosts when the internet first started, like Art Bell and myself and others that were doing this type of show, we benefited from BBSs. We benefited from chat rooms and and we benefited from blogging and bloggers and, and those who shared their ideas. Everybody with a great idea or a weird idea became fodder for a radio show. And so the, the fringe subculture was nurtured by shows like mine and arts and others. And then, of course, the X-Files came along, and that made it even more. It solidified this conspiriology, if you will, this idea that everything doesn't appear as it seems. On the Internet, it was that way. And it's argued that emerging worldviews 
have been shaped by a lot of the fringe subcultures. A lot of it's gotten out of hand because we have other fringe subcultures like QAnon and we have a lot of subreddits, Redditors and others that are out there. But still, the subculture thrives and it thrives because you can't stop people who think outside the box because people who think outside the box may one day find a solution for all the problems we're having in the world. The mainstream media is actually trying to keep up with the changes in the metaphoric culture weather, but they fall short. So the cultural weather and the barometer of seismic change is what shakes up the paradigm. So I always say, I'm a weatherman. See, are you a conspiracy theorist? No, I'm a weatherman. I predict the weather. I predict a different type of weather. And the difficulty in being part of this malign fringe is that you have to deal with those who immediately dismiss anything that is uncomfortable or inconvenient in the conversation. The objective, though, is to reveal what is called the big lie. Not the big lie that CNN has hijacked and said, oh, it's the... The whole idea of the voter fraud thing is a big lie. No, no, no. The big lie is that everything is going to be taken care of, that you have no responsibility to take care of it yourself. You have no responsibility to look ahead, to prepare, to understand. I mean, we lie to ourselves a lot saying everything's going to be okay. And I'm not telling you to have despair. I'm not telling you to have, you know, fear for the future. I'm telling you that if you're... If you hear what I talk about and you talk with other people who are in the fringe subculture, you start learning from them, and you don't have to believe what they say. What you need to do is take into consideration the discussion and how valuable it is. I mean, because anything that is entertaining, anything that is keen to the intellect, anything that you find fascinating is going to be abruptly shut down because of the cancel culture. And that just bothers me. I mean... That bothers me a whole hell of a lot more than having to say, well, that's got to be this, it's got to be that. Not necessarily. Two plus two equals five, right, Winston? That's the problem I have. I mean, one of the biggest liars we have to deal with is ourselves. All the hopes we have, the fears, the biases, all the psychological defenses, that in a clandestine way is there to distort our perception of the world in how we react to it. The mind has to be open. It has to be objective. No one has to compromise ethics or core beliefs. However, we all would benefit from a reasonable compromise between being naively trusting and pathologically paranoid. And there are many people we trust who are telling us the truth. But when it comes to sensitive material or matters of national security, the public has to understand that there are limits sometimes as to what the alphabet agencies are going to give you. That is, that is, of course, is intelligence. And that's why it may be beneficial for all of us to work harder, to do the work ourselves, not relying heavily on the messenger, but become someone who can testify to the validity of what can be called paranormal activity, things that are outrageously bizarre. All you need to do is experiment, do it by yourself, work with a small group, and the findings... They're going to open your mind to all kinds of cool things, and they're going to surprise the hell out of you. Believe me, every day it's a surprise for me, too, and I'm glad we're here to discuss this. 503-225-0860. It's 503-225-0860. I'm Clegg Lewis. You're listening to Ground Zero, and we'll be back. I'm Clegg Lewis, and you've just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. In order to access the complete archive shows and podcasts, you must sign up on our secured server at aftermath.media. It's only $4.99 a month for the archive shows and podcasts. Or if you want access to the Ground Zero online library, which includes videos, audio clips, ebooks, documents, a social media platform, plus the archive shows and podcasts, 
It's $9.99 a month. Again, that's Aftermath.media. That's Aftermath.media. Thanks for supporting Ground Zero.